Welcome to 10 Minute Talks. I'm your host, Lane Pfeiffer, and if you're looking for a short podcast that leaves you wanting more, you're at the right place. On 10 Minute Talks, we discuss any and all topics that affect both the people and the world around them. Most episodes will bring on a guest star to join in on the conversation is either affected by, knowledgeable of, or against the topic at hand. So now that you know what our little show is about, sit back, grab your favorite snack or drink if you will, and enjoy the ride, because it's about to get interesting. Welcome back, gang. This is your host, Lane Rosen Pfeiffer, saying long time no here. As mentioned in our last episode, I've been a very busy bee, and I have a big project coming out to you right now. Throughout the entire month of November, several PIM Media members and I created a specialty coverage feature on adoption at Pittsburgh High School in honor of National Adoption Awareness Month. Now, one of the biggest reasons as to why I decided to do this topic for such a big project is because I've always wanted to adopt, one, and two, there are so many diverse and different stories uh, throughout Pittsburgh High School about adoption. And if you would like to see more of the content, uh, there will actually be a video posted on our YouTube channel, uh, Pit Media, and then we will also uh, have more stuff on our website, theboosterredex.com, uh, where you can look at two, actually three stories that we are doing. We're doing a story on statistical information on adoption, uh, what it's like and how to go through the process and what it's like to go through the process. Um, another one on the amazing school counselor, Steph Loveland. And then we also have a another story on our dear friend, senior Francesca Brownhenny, on her experience with being adopted and what it was like for her to contact her biological family. Now, before we get into this week's episode, I will mention that it is not quite 10 minutes long, sadly, but we ask that you stay tuned to hear about one of the many stories of adoption at Pittsburgh High School. So with that being said, allow me to introduce PHS school principal, Kalen Harrett. How are you doing today? I am doing well, thank you. Yeah, anytime. All right, so can you tell me, uh, first of all, why did you even decide to adopt? Well, my husband and I were an unexplained case of infertility, and we went through a couple of different, well, actually about five years of um, trying to get to the bottom of why we couldn't conceive on our own. And Mm -hmm. we were, we kind of turned into a science project for um, (laughs) the doctors and then specialists that we worked with. Mm -hmm. And, there came a point, a very wise doctor that we started our journey with, sat us down and said, you need to set your limits because mm-hmm. when people enter the fertility world um, and start treatments, a lot of times you can wreck yourselves emotionally, financially, Yeah. and then you're just kind of left lost. And so he really kind of canceled us through that and we set our limits. Um, and we didn't move beyond those. And so mm-hmm. there were, there came a time we said, we tried a few different treatments, ultimately trying in vitro fertilization and everything looked really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, until you're in that world, the specifics of it don't make a lot of sense. But right. when we got the news that it didn't work, the doctors more or less called us and said, here are your options. We would like to waive our fees because mm-hmm. we really feel passionately that you you this will work for you. Right. But again, that's more money mm-hmm. and more, I will say, a very grueling process. You're talking about right. injecting hormones and um, just staying on a pretty strict schedule that they dictate. And it's, it's just a really hard um, path to travel. Mm-hmm. 
and we kind of we are people of faith and we thought you know if we keep pushing for this and it doesn't work Mm -hmm. then we're wasting time and wasting money and it goes right back to the advice we got from the beginning Mm -hmm. and um so my husband when we got that call that it did not that in vitro did not work um we did we did one round of it he just looked at me straight in the face and said there is a baby girl out there that needs us to be her parents and I mean, I can still think back to that moment because we had minimally talked about adoption and we had even gotten um, the, not the process started, but had started inquiring mm-hmm. um, about it. And so when he said that, it just, that was it. We just <laughs> decided that's what we were going to do and sink our hopes into. And of course, like I said, we're people of faith to so start praying about and and that's the direction we went. That's awesome, man. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, how old were your kids whenever you decided to, whenever they um, were adopted? So we were very fortunate. Um, my Both of my children were adopted internationally from Taiwan. And it's very uncommon mm-hmm. to complete the process of adoption internationally um, and get them home before they are one or two years old. Mm -hmm. And my daughter, we were able to bring her home at um, four months old Mm -hmm. and my son at five months old. That's awesome, wow. Um, What was the adoption process like for the two of you? It was interesting and I would say not typical. There are all kinds of different adoption processes, kind Mm -hmm. of like I mentioned the fertility world. Um, There's a whole nother world of adoption and and Mm -hmm. several avenues or paths to adoption. Mm -hmm. And we felt really strongly, a lot of people asked after everything we had been through with um, fertility treatments, why do you want to adopt internationally? Mm -hmm. Um, And for me being a teacher, and kind of very invested in the four state area. Um, I just really, we felt really strongly that um, it needed to be something further further from this area, you know, on the mm-hmm. off chance that, <laughs> the awkwardness of it. And we had just been through so much in five years with, um, you know, when you want to be a parent, you just want to be a parent. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, it's, there's a grieving that happens each time right. that, you know, that it doesn't happen. And so we just felt really pulled to adopt internationally. And so we worked directly with um, an orphanage in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And that happened through, I mean, it initially the conversation started happening through a couple who knew about this through our church. Mm-hmm. So once we started having this conversation with this other couple about the home of God's love in Taiwan, Mm -hmm. that's what we decided to pursue. Um, And interestingly enough, I knew several people who had already adopted from the home of God's love in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. And so it's really more of a network and not an agency. So the people um, who you get put in contact with, other adoptive parents, Mm -hmm. help you through the adoption process process on the state side Mm -hmm. and then you can you just call you know the home of god's love and there are people who work the adoption side for the orphanage Mm -hmm. it's a very family feel Mm -hmm. and not a 
here's your agency fee. Yeah. Pay it. Right. Um, so I know that's another question that a lot of people asked. Um, a lot of people ask, which is really tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, here's my mama bear. <laughs> when somebody in Walmart asked me how much I paid for my child, <laughs> I I get a little frustrated. Yeah. You know, and that was more when they were younger and, and not understanding, thankfully. But mm-hmm. um, there's a stigma with it, I think, yeah. a little bit that, you know, you pay an arm and a leg to go through this adoption process and it just devalues. Mm-hmm what adoption really is and means. And so the beauty of working with the Home of God's Love through Taiwan was their mission is for it to be completely free on their side. Oh, nice. Okay. So what you're, what, so expense wise, what we paid for here were travel expenses over, over, and that was by choice because at the time Taiwan's laws did not require us to travel, but Mm -hmm. we wanted to. Right. Um, and any of the government paperwork and process through the U.S. Mm-hmm. we had to do. Right. Um, so all in all, it was it was less, much mm-hmm. less than any of the fertility treatments that we did. That's awesome! So, wow, I love and that, that varies, of course, um, mm-hmm. whether you go through an agency or or through foster care or a private yeah. adoption. All of those have different. Um, monetary values right yeah that's understandable um so what has your experience been like uh as being as an adoptive mom so far well um i only ever wanted to be a mom Mm -hmm. and i think the journey to that really showed me that um so i i tend to you know when i read those like or hear an Mm -hmm. adoptive mom I don't think I'm, I forget about it (laughs) because they're just my babies and they were always supposed to be my babies in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's been amazing. It's, there are times, especially when, I mean, it'll hit me, especially in the, those early months when Mm -hmm. we had them, I would just break down and sob that I had the like somebody gave me this gift, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people still to this day will tell my husband and I, you, you, are, you're amazing. You mm-hmm. saved these children. And that is almost offensive to me. Right. And that's when I have the time to kind of say, I, no, you really don't understand. They saved us. Yeah, exactly. In the end. Right. Um, it, it just gives you a purpose and brings massive amounts of joy Mm -hmm. and what i also want to say is (laughs) they're not any different than i don't have biological children but if i did it wouldn't be any different they still get disciplined they still you know disappoint just Mm -hmm. like you know you have all of those parenting challenges of course but it's just the the thought of I have been given this charge in this life mm-hmm. to take care of these humans and call them my own mm-hmm. is I it's undescribed it's indescribable. Right. Yeah. I, I love hearing all of that because as someone that wants to adopt, like mm-hmm. it, it's so awesome to hear that like, you know, 
even if you were to have your own biological kid, it would there would be no difference. My mom goes off all the time about how there's a huge difference. I'm like, there's really not. Like, mm-hmm. despite everything, they are still your child that you get mm-hmm. to raise, that you get to ter- take care of. So um, I guess with that being said, can you tell me some of the best things about being their mom? Um, they, they just amaze me every day, um, mm-hmm. with their, just who they're becoming, um, mm-hmm. you know, one's a tween and the other one is a new teen Yeah. <laughs> and every stage we've just enjoyed every stage and watching that growth. And, you know, it's interesting, as you mentioned, again, the differences and it's like anything else until you live it. Mm-hmm. You don't really know if it feels that way. Just like I mentioned, I don't have my own biological child, but I cannot imagine loving anything more right. on this earth than these two babies. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I don't know, I, I get lost in it because it's just such a gift. I enjoy the roller coaster ride of parenting, mm-hmm. no matter what that brings. I just, I, that's something that we, wanted so desperately right and now we have it and we get to watch them excel in the things that you know we i'll just throw it out there jason and i were both athletes Mm -hmm. um and and good students and and all of those things and though some of our our kids interests aren't exact Mm -hmm. it's amazing how closely they are that you wouldn't know any difference and a lot of people will say Ava moves like you, or she reminds me so much of mm-hmm. you. I know that's strange. And I'm like, no, people say that all the time. Right. Like, um, but they're both really active and, you know, have great friends and mm-hmm. I think well-adjusted to everything. And that's just really heartwarming. Will it be perfect in that way forever? No, especially being raised and your mom's a principal. It's inevitable <laughs> right. that that I'll have to go back and we'll have to have another podcast about Yes, for sure. the the, the poor principal's kids, but Oh no. Oh um, yeah, cuz she's coming Ava's coming to her freshman year next year. Yes. Oh, and Hudson Lord. will move to the middle school. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's exciting and just a reminder. Mm-hmm. There are always eyes watching you. The poor, oh, poor, for sure. poor kids can't catch a break. But Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, through the entire process of, like, interviewing these people that have adopted kids or, mm-hmm. or that are adopted, they have always told me about things that they did growing up that mm-hmm. remind, that their parents told them, like, oh, my gosh, I did that too. Yeah. How crazy. But I think after so long even if like the child is unaware that their parent did that like it's a kind of like a familiarity thing like they Mm -hmm. just kind of pick up off of it um so i'm sure you were very open the entire time with your kids about them being adopted Mm -hmm. um was there like a certain time in which you told them or no we were really also really cognizant and again i probably should be more of a person who seeks out education in mm-hmm. this field, but I'm also a little bit stubborn and like, this is an area that I don't want to be told or let my mind say, I should be doing this or I'm not doing it wrong. I think parenting's a path that when you need help, you mm-hmm. seek it. Um, but this was this was something that we always just said, we want to be 100% transparent mm-hmm. when the time is right. And every, every kid is different. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of um, close friends who have been adopted 
and rely a lot on the relationships with them and those conversations to kind of help me through, um, help us through. But they've known their stories, um, not in their entirety, of course. Right. Because they'll dictate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we were really passionate about because for one, won't be the other, mm-hmm. what the other needs. Yeah. And no two human stories are the same. Exactly. So we just, we go with that approach. Um, they know their stories at this point, especially given their ages, they those are their stories to tell. Mm-hmm. And so as they want more information, um, then, and, and we spot check, mm-hmm. like <laughs> we don't just like ignore it, you know, right. we'll spot check and ask if, you know, how are things sitting? Do you want to mm-hmm. see anything, know anything right? further than what you do? And, you know, mm-hmm. um, those have kind of come at different times and surprising times, sometimes just in a car ride right. or, yeah. you know, something that is seen on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they've been able to, to kind of retell mm-hmm what they know so far and my son has he's the social butterfly and they (laughs) i will give him presentation on anything that you want me to um but he a few years at george nettles has given um and in third grade he gave it to the entire third grade it was basically Mm -hmm. his story and where he was from and powerpoint and everything that went with it um even foods from the country because we got to get food in there yes (laughs) so giving them and that would all of that would be terrifying for Mm -hmm. my other one so right just supporting them in whichever way they need to express themselves and learn about Mm -hmm. um their story and if that comes at 13 or if that comes at 35 Mm -hmm. we're going to be there to to get them all of the information that they can gather right Oh, I love that so much. Um, I know this is kind of like a really open-ended, it could go really anywhere kind of mm-hmm. question, but can you tell me a moment in which you knew that Ava and uh, Hudson, Hudson uh-huh. sorry, um, no, were meant good. to be your kids? Yes. Um, and it really does start, I think, back to when Jason and I wanted to be parents and, um, you know, we knew adoption was going to be our path, but there Mm -hmm. was still a certain amount of uncertainty. You don't have a specific deadline. Like I mentioned, we are people of faith. The Mm -hmm. home of God's love operates. They do have waiting lists, Yeah. but they do not go in order. Mm -hmm. So you could, you know, another couple that we know, Mm -hmm. two other couples actually, um, we all submitted the paperwork to the home of God's love mm-hmm. at the same time, and it did not at all go in order. Right. But if you met all of our children today, mm-hmm. they perfectly fit in each family. So right. their process is a little different. They pray over the children, and I truly believe that in that, mm-hmm. um, on this side of things. But um, the story, and I won't, I won't, bore every listener with the details (laughs) but i will give an open invitation to anybody who wants to come hear the specifics Mm -hmm. of when we knew beyond a shadow of a doubt Mm -hmm. that ava was supposed to be our child and then further down the road hudson but it was really a shift in um moving from just hope to Mm -hmm. like 
full-fledged faith that this is going to happen. Right. Um, and there's a certain biblical verse um, that goes with it. So for those of you who want to Google Proverbs 13, 12, <laughs> you can. Um, it's kind of just an overall overarching now thing for my life and our lives together um, because it's about hope right and and it's basically hope deferred mm-hmm. if you don't have hope makes a heart grow weak right right but when the desire comes it is a tree of life mm-hmm. and it just that was a moment um, that specifically I had a moment we did not find out about Ava mm-hmm. until we were called on April 18th Mm -hmm. of 2007 she was born on March 14th Mm -hmm. so we did not know about her and so the goosebumps that you will get when you hear the whole story and when we actually got word Mm -hmm. and look back in our lives to see what actually happened in our lives on March 14th It will blow your mind. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It will blow your mind and completely confirmed in a moment that she was supposed to be a Herod. Right. Yes. (laughs) I love that so much, actually. Um, And I'm I'm sure with being, um, you know, adopting and everything, there are so many, uh, I guess, like, unexpected changes and everything that come with it. But can you tell me of, like, any... um, specific ones that you would like to share? Um, you know, I think just going from not having children to having a child mm-hmm. is a huge shift and change. Oh, for um, sure. It was, it, we set out on that journey and it seemed like it had just taken so long that the adjustments seemed so minimal mm-hmm. and back to just bursting into tears that all of a sudden now I have this miracle mm-hmm. um, and and I'm able to care for and do all of the things that, you know, I had her at four months old. She had a tiny volleyball in her hand because at the time <laughs> I was coaching and teaching and volleyball was my sport. Anybody who knows me well knows that's, that's a passion of mine. And so mm-hmm. just being able to do that with your own children is is so special so just everything was a little more special mm-hmm. you know holidays because you see the babies on christmas <laughs> you know opening their gifts and and you just want those kind of nostalgic mm. things for your life and and now all of a sudden you had them so it was just remembering to continue to be thankful and you move from wanting something so badly now your attention is Okay, I need. Uh, I'm a parent now. Yeah. So, um, the that was the main just, you know, adjusting to parenthood, mm-hmm. which I I would venture to say isn't any different from anybody else who right. goes from zero to one or two mm-hmm. in a in a matter of time. Right. So. <laughs> I love that a lot so much, actually. Man, every every time like you tell me anything, I'm just like, oh, this makes me want to adopt even more. Yes. Like, I'm I'm already at the 100, but now I'm at like 120 percent. Um, <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Right, for sure. Um, do you have any suggestions for people that are wanting to or that plan to adopt by chance? Well, I would say, you you know, you can take all kind of kinds of advice from mm-hmm. other people. I would say try to find 
your your support system and your network of people who you trust and who you can count on. There are a lot of, if you set out to adopt, there are a lot of paths that um, people go down that do cost them a lot emotionally and financially. So I think just educating yourself enough to, to figure out or putting yourself in a network that you trust mm-hmm. so that you can figure out what is right for you and your family. Right. Um, because I think a lot of people looked at us like you're working directly with an orphanage in a foreign country. <laughs> okay, I thought you were smarter than this. You know, and, and those are some right. of the conversations or even questioning why we were adopting internationally and not domestically when there are so many kids here that could they need good homes it's it has to be right for you and so my Mm -hmm. biggest advice is you cannot you have to have a little bit of a thick skin like start your mama bear papa bear Mm -hmm. parenting now but don't shut everybody out you know um connect yourself because it can be very lonely the Mm -hmm. path it can be a roller coaster ride. Yeah, and um, you definitely need need that strong support system right. to help make you make it through. For sure, um, I think I have a majority of what I need. But is uh-huh. there anything else that you would like to mention for the interview or anything? Yes. Well, um, pre um, starting this podcast, you had mentioned uh, talking with Mrs. Loveland. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming she'll be in a podcast similar to this or a part of this or something. I just wanted to, for those that are listening that know um, Steph Loveland, one of our counselors here at Pittsburgh High School, um, we are an adoption connection. So you asked me at the beginning, how did I know or how Mm -hmm. did we decide to adopt? Stephanie Taylor, which was her maiden name, Mm -hmm. um, was one of my students at Baxter Springs. And we had already been in in fertility treatments for probably a year and a half to two years before I moved to Baxter to teach and coach. Mm -hmm. And this little scrawny little athlete, (laughs) um, smart girl uh, that I coached, I, I didn't think anything of, um, you know, she's just a student like anybody else, but her, but we connected mm-hmm. and then come to find out, um, Steph is adopted. And I happened to work with her mother, who was our school counselor at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I just gradually got closer to their family. We still had three more years, mind you, of mm-hmm. fertility treatments before we really decided, but I tell Steph this all the time and her parents, Mm -hmm. that journey was really, again, I feel like God just sometimes puts people in your paths Mm -hmm. to help you through whatever you're going through. And I just remember thinking, if if Stephanie loved, Stephanie Taylor at the time, Mm -hmm. I mean, if there's a poster child for adoption, I've said this a million times. It's if you can get a Stephanie Taylor, you know, yeah. <laughs> and that's how people say it. And it sounds so offensive coming out, but right. she was just 
an amazing kid and her parents were amazing and I saw that love and that care and never would have known because she has traits from both of them mm -hmm. like it was a hard sell that that she was adopted because she is so much like them in, in so many ways mm -hmm. and so um I just wanted to give a little shout out to the fact and and rewind a little bit to what I told you about paying attention and putting mm -hmm. yourself in contact with other people who understand it, mm -hmm. um, who get it, and who you, who you feel comfortable asking those tough questions that other people might not understand or might mm -hmm. be offended by. Right. Um, every day, stuff. I I feel comfortable if my own kids are going through something like she can think back to being that age as an adopted child. Right. Yeah, and kind of walk me through that, you mm -hmm. know, and likewise. Um, I'm I'm an adopted mom mm -hmm. and um, so from the parent perspective sometimes she can she'll ask me and I'll say I mean I'll reinforce mm -hmm. just the amount of love if nothing else that right. um, <laughs> that we have and so it's just been a really cool dynamic to continue to ha share that close relationship but back to if there's anything that I can share or a moment besides our own personal moment mm -hmm. just being there i really feel like and being connected with the taylor family mm -hmm. was a huge piece of you know well why she works down the hall for me today right um she was the best person for the job so i don't want to you know <laughs> um and i think all the kids and staff would agree with that but mm -hmm. it's just it's a really special connection that i would I would say if anybody has that tug in their heart mm -hmm. um, to take that to take that path, you will never ever look back and be sad that that you took it. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's um, really the best thing in this earthly life. Thank and you. And before I break into tears. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. And it was an amazing interview. I'm so honored to have been able to share your story with everyone that's going to be listening to this. So um, thank you. Well, that's our show. See, I told you, sweet and savory. Feel free to tune back in next week for another episode. As always, stay informed, stay interesting, and be kind to others.